You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. I knew you liked that one, Salmontes. Minor oh, Talk man. is back. Jason Craig, Salmontes in the building. We've got a big one to talk about today. UTEP defeats Florida Atlantic 24-21 of a game-winning field goal by the new program record holder for field goals made at UTEP. It's Gavin Beckley. His three field goals helped the Miners rally back. And uh, Gavin Beckley is now UTEP's all-time leader in field goals made, surpassing Reagan Schneider, who had 50. Uh, Gavin Beckley now has 51 career field goals made. And, oh, man, I mean, it. you can talk about UTEP games just going back and forth. But I'll tell you guys this. There is never, never a dull moment when it comes to UTEP football. When you think that things are getting a little boring and it's a dull first half and it, it's kind of, you know, you're yawning at some points and, and it's a little boring. No, the drama comes in the second half. It's uh, Florida Atlantic who led uh, seven to six uh, going into the halftime, and UTEP rallied back in this game. It was help. Uh, you know, they had help from guys like Dion Hankins who really helped spark them on the ground. He had a career best day today: 138 rushing yards off 17 carries. He did not score. He had a 72-yard rush, but he did not score. Uh, and then, you know, two uh, two drives later, he has a 27-yard rush that sets up a, a five-yard, uh, excuse me, four-yard Gavin Hardison touchdown pass to Ray Flores. Miners rally back in the second half. Then Flor- then all the drama really happens. It's just madness all over the field. Then what we see is Florida Atlantic march down the field, punch it in off a tight end pass from Nikosi Perry to uh, Austin Evans, the tight end for a touchdown. Uh, that capped off a seven-play, 89-yard drive. But that wasn't the drama. The drama came right after on the extra point. Um, a, a extra point attempt uh, by the kicker. It was blocked by the helmet of Praise Amehule. His helmet flew off. Praise then chases after the ball and then flip, throws his arms up as if he's got to be you know out of the play. He was saying, no, 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 I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. And he rushes back. Well, UTEP scoops it up and scores. It, they would get two points on that one. They're up 23-20 to 20 after the blocked extra point, and it's just complete madness. Well, then, after some deliberation from the referees, a flag comes out of nowhere, and everybody's just wondering, what is going on? Why is there a flag on this play? What's happening? The refs explained it, that as soon as the helmet goes off of Prezamehule, he is automatically disqualified. Now, how the rule is read is, as soon as the player is disqualified, he cannot interfere at all with the play on the field. So if you watch the video again, you see Praise May who lays helmet fall off, and then he immediately rushes after the ball to try to get it, you know, to try to make a play off of it. But then he realizes, hey, I'm not supposed to be playing, so he throws his arms up. No disqualified person shall be in view of the field to play. That's the rule right there by the NCAA. You might not agree with it, but it's the rule right there. The part that I do not understand is 
Why did they get to reattempt this? Why did they get a redo? There should have been uh, no redo off of that one. Yeah, call the unsportsmanlike penalty. Call that, but assess that on the kickoff. Don't assess that in, in terms of uh, you know half the distance of a goal and a re and a retry. That flipped the game right. That 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 took all the life out of UTEP. It made uh, you know they announced twelve thousand plus fans at the Sun Bowl today. That made the seven thousand actual fans sound like thirty five thousand. Sal, I mean that's how we kind of saw this one go and it felt like wow that they're really gonna make a call like that yeah and of course you see what's going on on twitter conference usa this and that it's like well what do you expect but but i i think where i'm a little bit uh confused on is uh you mentioned them um like why even a reattempt the pat that i don't understand but uh this all could have been avoided because after looking at the replay yeah praise ran like about a good 10 plus and yeah. was a, I, I mean the guy's in the way he he's a big star right but either way they'll blow the blow the call dead blow the play dead rather you know don't let guys continue to go on because because if the play, if it's not valid anymore, why even let guys extend, uh, you know, their energy on that play and then even risk injury? Oh, that's a that's a great point right there. So, and everybody's it's a big scrum, stops, yeah. and and you know there are some players who kind of stop on the play, other players who are going all out. So yeah, I didn't like the handling of that, and then I also didn't like the handling of the call when they called the uh, penalty about five minutes after everything was done. I mean, I don't know if you guys went to commercial break mm-hmm. at the time, but that's what I just assumed in my head. Uh, we went to one commercial break, and uh, the guys were were bantering about uh, what it could be, and then when an explanation was given, you know, it made a bit more sense. But even then, though, like in real time, if uh, if we can make it sound like an experience, right? If you live during that moment, no, <laughs> oh, it, it, it was crazy. No, nothing made any sense. But you know, uh, hindsight's. Uh, I don't think it's twenty twenty because uh, when we look back at it at the time, it's like, what the hell were we even looking at? Yeah, seriously, that that <laughs> made funny, man. It made absolute no sense at the time. And then when it was kind of explained, you kind of understood. But why did they redo it? I I, I want to hear as a result after after the fact with all this. I want to hear what ends ends up happening with this call and how they explain it with the rules committee. Uh, UTEP, despite the adversity, despite that, all of that, it's a tie game, 21-21, four minutes, 36 seconds left in the game, and they march down the field, and they have one of those 13-play, 65-yard grind, grind it drives, and uh, it's Gavin Beckley who caps it off. He tied Reagan Schneider in the first half with 50 career field goals made, and then he broke the record with a game-winning 27-yarder. It it was kind of magical the way that that happened right there. It's all she wrote. UTEP wins 24-21. Our phone lines are open for business. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. You could also check in at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency right here on Minor Talk. They proudly bring us UTEP football and this uh, this UTEP Minor Talk broadcast after every UTEP game. You could check out their website right now. OscarArietaAgency.com or this is easy. Go to riseup915.com and you could check out some great things on their website like ways to become a hometown hero, ways to nominate a hometown hero. You see them present that hometown hero award after uh, during every UTEP game and uh, you could see all that they have and more at uh, riseup915.com. Our telephone number 915-505-6009 is the telephone number to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso is how you get in on Twitter. Uh, let's go to Twitter real quick. Got a lot of tweets to get to. Uh, This one coming in from JK. 
Revenge from last year and add Florida Atlantic to the list of the UTEP Bowl Bound Express. Eddie Morelos tweets the show. Pater Pete motivates the Miners to victory. Going to have to chat about it on Miner Talk with Adrian and Sal on 600 ESPN El Paso. Nice 24-21 win for UTEP football over Florida Atlantic. Uh, did UTEP win? Question mark. Yes. And that's what Eddie Morelos says. Uh, Sal, I don't know. Well, Jason, I know you get to see this. You know the Pater Pete when he, he has a flag and he's running down the field? Uh <laughs> Can they get you in that suit? Can you Whoa. can you carry that flag a little bit faster? <laughs> Do you know how? Oh, you were in a booth, so you wouldn't know. It was windy out there, man. Oh. It was windy. So we're just being picky. And yeah, mean. you can't oh, you can't do it to Pete like that, man. It, it was a struggle. If you would have if you saw some of the other guys, like the the, the guy cheerleaders, they had the flag. They had to double up on the flag, but you can't do that with Pete. Pete's a strong man, and he was struggling at that twenty. Oh, he man. was chugging I didn't, away. I don't think he was gonna make it, I Jason. Think none of us did. We're like, oh my god, he's gonna stop. He's gonna fall and he made it he got all, all the way through if you didn't uh early i mean the the flag when they were doing the uh you know the national anthem that was getting all messy too the wind was really bad man yeah it was it was i thought weird. that was gonna affect the game really yeah me too it was it was kind of a strange thing what do you think Sal? you know what it was uh evident on the broadcast too because anytime the uh, refs were uh announcing you know a penalty or whatever you could hardly hear what they were saying is it's like <laughs> Yeah, basically like that, but ten times louder and severe. Yeah, that's a good point there, Sal. It, it really was. You could hear the whipping winds, and they, they were they were there. Oh man, Eddie Morales when he calls in, we're gonna have to shoot him down for that thought right there. Yeah, Brandon, leave, leave Pete alone, man. Leave Pete alone. <laughs> Brandon Silverstein tweets the show. UTEP is now three and one since I doom and gloom texted Steve Kaplowitz during the New Mexico game. Hashtag you're welcome. Uh, Cesar Cubillos tweets the show. Penalty for getting hit in the face by a kicked ball? Next, we'll get penalized for avoiding a tackle at hashtag minor talk at 600 ESPN El Paso. Yeah, I get it, man. That, that was one of those calls that so many fans, I mean, so many fans were just, uh, you know, up in arms about. And understandably so. It was one of those where we just didn't get the best explanation about. And now that we know what ended up happening, we can understand why it was called, but maybe we still have question marks as to why this uh, extra point was, um, you know, reattempted, uh, so to speak. Let's go to the phones right now. Our telephone lines are open for business. 915-505-6009. Our fall intern, UTEP Zay, is jumping on the phones. He wants to talk a little UTEP football. UTEP Zay, what's happening, my man? What's up? I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm excited. All right, tell us about this one, Zay. What What are some of your big takeaways? What are uh, What were the hi- highlights of this one for you? Um, in my opinion, it was just this team faced a lot of adversity, especially you know the pick six, everything. It felt like the momentum was going for FAU, and they really they they did they they did their thing. You know, they came back, they scored back to back touchdowns. It was just. They they finally overcame that adversity that I, you know, I didn't think that I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, I didn't either. As soon as that pick six happened, I actually thought things could get ugly, right? Because UTEP up up to that point, they weren't really moving the ball effectively. Uh, I didn't necessarily like the split between pass and run at the time. And then they really shift uh, their philosophy behind everything. You look at how the stats ended up, 26 pass attempts uh, to a four, uh, excuse me, to 38 rush attempts. That's exactly the balance you want offensively when you have more rushes for UTEP's offense than you do passes. That 
that's the distribution you want for this group. And I think that uh, you know if UTEP continues to see that, they'll get better play on offense. What do you think about that, Zay? Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think a lot of people have been saying that you know since the New Mexico game that this team can be so successful when they run the ball more than they pass it. And um, yeah, I think it would just again they they played awesome. Zay, what do you uh, what are you worried about with this team? With this team, I'm just worried about you know going down early and then they're having to pass the ball 50 times. I think that's the biggest worry for me. Okay, all right, man. Any thoughts on Middle Tennessee next week? It's going to be another rough one. It's going to be another ugly game, and UTEP will have to come out and execute the game plan just like they did today. All right, Zay. Hey, we'll see you Monday. We're looking forward to it. Really appreciate the phone call. You have a great rest of your weekend. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. That's our fall intern, UTEP Zay, chiming in on the show, calling into the program. Uh, let's let's keep things moving. We'll, we'll move on uh, on Twitter real quick before we get to Carl, uh, who's joining us uh, who's joining us on Minor Talk. Ed McDonald tweets the show, big win, plenty of heroes. Hankins is the man this afternoon. He was a locomotive lightning bolt. Thanks and love UTEP football at UTEP alumni. That's Ed McDonald with three great uh, photos as well. Beautiful uh picture of the sun kind of setting over the press box side uh his selfie and then he throws in uh, a picture of the guys uh the utep football players on the field uh let's keep things moving let's go to the phones right now and let's welcome on carl who's joining us next on the phone lines our telephone number 915-505-6009 carl good afternoon what's going on or good evening now what's going on carl are you there no, nah, I think we may, we may have lost Carl. Carl, if you uh, if you want to call us back, uh, definitely do so. Um, we could definitely bring you back up on the show. We just freed up a line nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine as we continue here on Minor Talk. Uh, let's move on. Let's uh, ask. Actually, let's go over to this off-air question that was asked by Chris. Why does UTEP have two o'clock games? The crowd would have been six to eight thousand more at least. Um, yeah, I, I understand, Chris. I get it, exactly where you're coming with this one. Uh, UTEP announced today just uh, under 13,000 fans. Uh, I tweeted out a picture of this one, and a lot of fans thought it would be under that amount. I'll, I'll ask you, Jason, what do you think? It was over that 12,000 um, you know person mark at the Sun Bowl. They announced 12,796, or was it under that mark right there? It might have been under, but um, I mean, like I said, I, I think it. It could have. It could at one point. It could have been twelve, you know, or you know, if they're accumulating total. Yeah, I can see twelve. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got you. Yeah, and that that could be the case right there. Uh, let's go to the mayor. It's uh, Eddie Morello's joining us next on the phone lines. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. If you've been trying to get into the show, we've got one line available nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Eddie, what's going on, my man? Dude, I knew it was windy. That's why I was giving Peter Pete the credit. And he motivated the running back, <laughs> and that he motivated. Dude, okay, think about it. Right after that happened, there was some momentum going the miners' way. All right, I just felt it. I felt it. You felt it. Then at the end, I asked you, Adrian, how do you feel? Well, I felt nervous, dude. I don't know. I, I really did. Uh, but super great play by uh, Praise, even though it got you know taken away from him. That's a really weird play that no none of us have seen. And then a comment on the attendance. I, I'm over back in Las Cruces already, Adrian. And wow. I'm at a softball tournament. I was fast. And about, uh, there, yeah. And there's about a thousand people. And look at a, a young lady with a minor shirt on. She wasn't at the minor football game, were you? 
Nope, she wasn't. So that's what I'm saying. It's about a thousand people from El Paso here in Las Cruces. So kind of bummer on that, Adrian. But go Miners. Great momentum. Good job. Hey, I really appreciate the phone call, Eddie. Thanks for chiming in like you said you would. And, uh, hey, good good take right there. I appreciate that. Uh, just to go off of something that Eddie said. So I'm, I'm not necessarily blaming those. So if people want to want to message us and say, hey, there are blue-collar people who are working. There are anybody. It doesn't have to be blue-collar, white-collar. There are people who work Saturdays here in El Paso. That's a fact. I mean, this is a working, uh, this is a working city where on weekends it's tough for people to get out during the day. And uh, evening games are a lot easier for a lot more people to make then you talk about youth sporting events that go on during afternoons and things like that you have to be understanding for for people there but the one people the one group of people that i do not give any sort of a pass to that's the students this is uh this is something that we continue to say and maybe i'm uh beating a dead horse in a sense but this is one of those things where the student section just simply does not come out i know we had caesar cubillos tell us that the student section was kind of getting there uh during our twitter spaces which hey that's fine but when it, we're talking about an afternoon kick kickoff and the, there's a certain group of people who can't make this game for whatever reason i understand that if you're working you have plans i get that but on the flip side, I don't get why students wouldn't be able to go to this one right here. I think that's, uh, I guess that's my where I put some of the onus on. Hey, uh, you know, bring more students out to out to these kinds of games. So that's that's definitely where I would go with that one right there. I don't know if you guys have any any kind of thoughts on on this one. No, and that's all right. We'll keep we'll yeah, we'll keep things moving here on <laughs> the, the show. Students just got to show up, man. Just do do do. You go to you go to UTEP. Support your team. There you, you know, go. Just support your team. It's easy. Okay, uh, let's go to King Eric. He tweets the show. Uh, they saved their season with a much-needed win. All of these games are very winnable. All they need is two wins for bowl eligibility. Don't fold down the stretch. All right, we always do it. We do it after Uh-oh. every UTEP game, and Sal knows exactly where <laughs> I'm going with this. Uh, Sal, let me go. Let me do it. <laughs> I'm going to reel off the next <laughs> couple games. You tell me win or loss real quick, okay? Next week, Middle Tennessee. Win. Wow. That's a win. At Rice. Loss. Jason? It's a loss. Okay, both of you guys lost. Uh, FIU. Win. Win. Okay, bowl eligibility. UTSA? Lose. Win. What? Whoa. All right. So Jason says seven and six to close out the year, um, or seven and five, and then Sal says six and six. And and the reason why I picked those, uh, those games is because um, – when you look at Middle Tennessee, it's a home game. And then also when you look at uh, Florida International, that's another home game. And I think they only have one loss so far um, at the Sun Bowl this season. And if I'm not mistaken, they only lost one game last year as well. So that's two losses. Albeit they're conference losses, you need these wins. And also they're against top-tier competition, North Texas and uh, UTSA, that they drop those games at home. But either way, though, I think uh, they, they have what it takes. But still, though, to, to do it time after time, that's what we want to see from this team. And Adrian, you said you were going to go there, but I have to go there. Are you ready? Go. Go for it. They've won three out of their last four. <laughs> wow. There it is. There it is. For the second time this season, right? But but that's huge, though. they got to get these little little victories. Uh, or I don't want to say little victories. This was a big win. But they they got to have moments like this and stack them right after another to, to build a respectable program. Yeah, that's right. That, hey, this is all about the face of your program, yeah. building this program up and, and things like that. I agree with you completely, Sal. Uh, let's waste no time. Let's get back to the phone lines. We've loaded them up. Let's go to Milkman, who's joining us next on the phone lines. Milkman, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Oh, it's going well, Milkman. How about yourself? Going all right. Hey, uh, uh, side note, uh, I believe the Carl that you had that uh, 
didn't make it to the phone. That, that's my dad. So I'm going to have to tell him that something happened with the phone line. He needs to call back. So. Okay, no worries. Oh. That, that sounds great. That oh. sounds great. I appreciate that, Milkman. No problem. Hey, uh, so <laughs> I, I am I'm still in in shock uh, that they let them re-kick that. that I, I could not – like, I get it. Okay, so, you know, it's the weird rule. That, yeah, all right, fine. So, so how, how do you how do you give them another shot at it? That that I don't understand that at all. The entire crowd, while we, it wasn't very big, and I will I will take credit. I was the one that I'm not going to cuss, but I started the BS call. Ah <laughs> yes! Did you hear that, oh, Sal, over the over the broadcast? A little bit, yeah. That's <laughs> you awesome. heard that, Jason? Again. Yeah, I was going to ask Sal, did it come over the TV? Yeah, nice. I started at it in the stadium, and everybody felt the same way. It was it was absolutely unbelievable. I, like I, I'm trying to think when I've ever seen that bad of uh, mistake. Like I, I, I don't understand it, and nobody could nobody could explain. Usually, somebody in the in the stands is like, "Oh yeah, yeah well that, that's because of you know X Y Z." Nobody could explain it, and I'm sitting there like, "We should be up by two points here," you know. But anyway, um, yeah, it just it, I'm really happy that they got a win. Um, I something needs to be. I, look, by the way, were these conference USA arrests? Can you tell me? I, I, I don't know. Sure. I got. I got to do some digging on that. I, I don't. I don't have. Uh, I don't have confirmation whether or not it was. And there were some other. Okay, there were some other guys, officials that came down too. I don't know where, where the, who they were to talk to the refs as well. I. I mean, these guys need to go back to like you know, high school or something. I. I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Thank God. UTEP pulled out the win, and they had to fight the refs too. But man, what a what a game! It was, it was super exciting. Uh, although the the first half wasn't very, but the second half was was fantastic. And you know, as long as you get a win, you know there there's very little to complain about. And I got to tell you, I am a huge Deion Hankins fan, and I think the rest of the crowd is getting that way too. Everybody is really. Uh, Really pleased with Deion Hankins and how he's coming on, and he, you know, he's a hometown boy, and that's that's uh, we're all proud of him. So that's uh, it's good to see him running like we know he can. And way to go, UTEP! Make you got to win, and you're two wins away from bowl eligibility. And even if you have to fight the refs, that's how you pull it out in the end. Good all right. job. All right. Good stuff there, Milkman. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on the show as always. Uh, appreciate your support here on the show as well. Uh, let's keep things moving. Let's uh, bring on an, our next caller. Our telephone number right now, if you've been trying to get it, 915-505-6009 is our telephone number to get into the show. Let's go to Roman, who's joining us next. Roman, what's going on? No, nothing much. Thanks for calling the, uh, the game, and thanks for the show as well. And uh, congratulations to the Miners. They did a good job. Uh, I think the only thing I really wanted to call in about is just, you know, to say thank God, you know, we won another game and uh, one more game towards eligibility for the bowl games. And uh, I think the only thing I wanted to bring up really was just kind of, you know, two things. You know, it's not obviously drop balls. It's play calling. It's the quarterback. Uh, but, I mean, I don't understand how many drop balls you can you know, happen to drop when you start thinking, hey, you know, I better start catching these or like what's going on during the practice when, you know, this guy with the quarterback and, and the, the uh, receiver are not talking to each other. Like, I don't I don't understand why there were so many drop balls by number three. I don't I think it was 
Uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Ray Flores. Um, but, Wait, well, I'll, I'll ask you this, yeah. Roman. Do you blame the the pick six on Ray, or do you blame it on Hardison? But it's Hardison. I mean, he's throwing the ball. Okay, then, like, then, I'm, was, then we're in the same place. So uh, he, so I, I tallied uh, Ray's drop count. It was two in the first half, and and that might sound egregious, which which I can get it. Like if you're coming at me and saying there should be zero drop balls, or, or you know these receivers should be in more in sync with the quarterback, I get that. But one of the drop passes that he had was on a third and long, and they threw it about six yards. He would have maybe got nine on a third and long, like third and twenty. So that wouldn't have made too big of a difference. I'm not trying to uh, back uh, Ray, Har- uh, you know Ray Flores too much here, but I do want to say he's been consistent all year long, and just a little bit of a blip in terms of his production, it doesn't change how I uh, what I how, what I think about him as a receiver. And, and that's true, you can you can say that, but then I also think about like at, at what point as a coach uh, when you're a demo, do you say, hey, we probably should go to a secondary or a plan B here, where somebody's going to catch the ball if you're dropping it during the game? Yeah, I mean, that's my old gripe. That's a good, good point. Job. I mean, the Miners are going to win. Uh, they probably will lose next week in Middle Tennessee. Um, I don't know the rest of the schedule, but uh, I'll, I'll be surprised and I'll be happy as well at the same time if they get to a six-game Super Bowl. All right. All right. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the phone call, Roman. Um, let's keep things moving. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We just opened up a phone line. If you want to weigh in on the show, uh, our, again, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Um, you could also tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso like Cesar Cubillos just did. Game highlights, number one. Beckley's kicking. Number two, Dion's big day. Number three, oh my gosh, I love this. Freddie Mercurpete. You like that one, Sal. You, I know you All like right. that one. I love it. <laughs> and and you know what, Adrian, too, but before we continue, man, I'm, I'm doing some digging on unsportsmanlike conduct, and the, the only thing I can uh, – and that was the what the play right. – the penalty was, right? Yeah. The only thing I can think of is since it's unsportsmanlike conduct, if that's automatic grounds for uh, – in theory, right, let's say that happens on third or fourth down and you're on defense, then it's an automatic first down. Correct. Maybe at that point since uh, there's no first – down at that point, the only option is to replay that down. Yeah, I guess that's the interpretation. That's the only yeah. thing I can get. I can't find anything concrete because it's such a, a weird and, and rare scenario, but everything um, that is similar to it kind of falls in line with that. Yeah, I would I would assume, I would speculate the exact same thing. I would think uh, the way that you just broke that down, I would think that here's the rule how it's written again. If, if anybody hadn't listened at the beginning and, and is curious as to why uh, that was called unsportsmanlike conduct. When a player uh, has their helmet removed, they are automatically disqualified from the play. So the rule reads, no disqualified player shall be in the view of the field of play. And because he kind of obstructed the field of view of play, it goes over to what Sal said when that unsportsmanlike penalty was called. Maybe, maybe the re- how the refs interpret it is uh, instead of assessing this on the kickoff, assess this on the extra point and have a redo. Now, was that the right call? I don't know. I'm curious to see how the rules committee interprets this since uh, the referees, uh, you know, they said that this was the first time they ever saw this. I don't think that I don't think they would work that way if the the kick was blocked. Right. So if the kick is blocked, that's that. Now that he went, you know, with the helmet off, the kick has already been blocked. If he did it, if his helmet was off before the kick, then it would then you redo the kick. You know what I'm saying? But because it, that's not how it happened, you know what I'm saying? Like the helmet, it blocked it. Boom! Now the that's 
the, the, the kick is blocked. Like, they should have called it dead at that play. Right there. At that point, right? They shouldn't have let the play continue on because once the play continues on, then, you know, Praise is running towards it. Then he notices, hey, I can't touch it. But at that point, the damage has already been done. So the play should have been blown dead as soon as it was blocked. Yeah, yeah, even uh, Steve called me afterward, and he was saying, well, why? Like, what if uh, Praise didn't know this? And he just threw up his hands because he just, you know, he didn't know. And I could see that, like the awareness in that moment. Can you imagine being in Praise's shoes and, thinking, I just blocked this. This is game. We're going to run it back and we're going to score and we're going to go up by three points. Like that adrenaline right there, we, we take it for granted. Just, oh, well, you should know just to like flop on the ground. What are you supposed to do? The kick literally, the ball literally threw off your helmet. So well, yeah, so he, I mean, he ran that way as if he was going to play, but it looked like he was like, oh, I can't do that. So yes, he was in the way. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, like, maybe if he touched somebody. But he didn't do any of that. But you're saying because he was in the field of view of players or whatever that, okay, there's the penalty right there, right? But still, it's just, okay, flag, dead ball, no, no point because it got blocked. Yeah. And you guys can't do anything with it. It's it, just done. It should have been 21-20. Like, even the, yeah. the, the two points on the return, like, I get it if that doesn't count. But it should have been blown dead as soon as it was blocked because – like <laughs> guys missing his helmet usually the the play will be called dead already if you know in any other instance but it's weird man i've never seen anything like that no that was wild yeah that's a first in you know first in kind of like a generation that you'll ever or once you'll in a blue moon that you'll ever see something like this it was just wacky all the way around caesar cubillos uh to continue with his uh thoughts as far as his game highlights number four pete running in the wind and number five fans chanting after the worst call in conference usa history at 600 ESPN El Paso. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines right now. So, uh, let's keep it moving. 915-505-6009. Jose is joining us next on the phones. Jose, what's going on? What's up, brother? Hey, man. With, with uh, Flores, man, drop it. He doesn't use gloves. Yeah. I, I, was noticing, I was looking at him. He doesn't use gloves. I, I, I think that would be... They, they, they give you that little extra thing, man. Maybe someone, hey, coach... Yeah, I know. I know. I know he's he's going on natural, man. But he needs to put on some gloves, something like that. Give him a little, that little bit extra, man. But uh, the running attack that we got, man, really impressed me today. It reminded me a lot of uh, Thunder and Lightning of Lightning of uh, Reggie Push and um, the other kid that that was there at the time, man. I was like, they, they gotta keep on doing that, man. They they opened up some huge holes. The the, the, the running attack that we got is fantastic, man. And I, thought, and I agree. I think we can go seven and five, man. I think we, I think we got this, man. You and, know, uh, uh, real quick, Jose, just to just to chime in on Thunder and Lightning, uh, Lendell White and Reggie Bush. Yeah. Uh, I really love what we see from Dion Hankins and Awad. And I think sometimes you you might see Awad, you know, run for a yard, run for two, and it might frustrate people, especially when he kind of runs into linemen. But man, he had such a nice game, especially in his receiving, like in the receiving game. He had fifty nine on the ground, but also. Also, 40 yards receiving. Uh, very helpful for the Miners. I love that running back screen. I think that one really uh, you know, ignited them early on into this game. You know, and then um, as far as like, the people not going, I, I, I wasn't able to attend, but I was like, I was working and had to take the, the daughters out. But I was watching on the phone, you know what I mean? So, I, sure. I mean, I know a lot of us couldn't attend, but, I mean, hey, we're watching, we're supporting that, and I hope you t- feel it, you know what I mean? And I hope we make it out to the ball and, Maybe go to the Mexico Bowl again and travel up to Albuquerque and 
start bowl season up up there, man. So <laughs> they, they have your hotel ready, Jose. I promise you that they're re- You can book right. your reservation now. Just get ready. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. We'll do, brother. All right. All right. Great to talk to you, man. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, got a good text here from Mondo the Monster Medina. Big shout out to him. Great call. Great job on the broadcast. Ray Flores does wear gloves. Uh, he shakes his hand every games. He should know. Uh, that's coming in from Mondo, clarifying that from Jose, uh, you know, who was talking about, hey, he doesn't wear gloves. No, he does wear gloves. You just might not notice them. Again, I, I'm not blaming Ray Flores for anything. If you want to if you want to talk to me about those early drops, you gotta point fingers at everybody on this team, everybody in the receiving core. Like I, I don't want I don't want to hear that kind of stuff when I when people want to just come to us and say, Oh, drops, oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like don't don't come at me with that. I mean, everybody is going to make their kind of mistakes in these games. We've seen it from all their offensive weapons. Ray Flores has two drops in the first half, and you want to uh, people want to generalize that he's having a bad game. Bounces back in the second half and really helps them. Six catches, forty eight receiving yards, a touchdown. Uh, he you know. Ray Flores does what Ray Flores does. I'm, I'm going to back him because I, I really like how he plays. And, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not blaming him whatsoever out of this one. Uh, let's keep things moving. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's uh, 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Minor Talk. Let's go to Twitter real quick before we get to Ed here on the phone lines. Uh, Esteban tweets the show. When I was an undergrad at UTEP, mechanical engineering Peter Pete was a civil engineer. That's so funny. That Esteban's hilarious. He's telling us like the backstory for Peter Pete and who he is. Uh, Megan McCormick, big shout out to her. Big shout out to Eric Elkin as well. I had an entire emotional experience based off this singular play. Talking about the. Uh, Blocked extra point. Hey, I get it. I get it, Megan. A lot of us did as well. Jose tweets the show. That crowd looked like Franklin versus Coronado. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I don't know. That's a pretty big crowd, though. Franklin Coronado, if we're being honest. That's true. Westside Bowl draws. Yeah. Westside Bowl draws. Pinky tweets the show. Actually, we I can't say that out loud. Uh, <laughs> Utep Minero tweets the show. Both of you need to put some boxing gloves and fight until one of you throws up. And that's talking about Augustine versus Pinky. Uh, we have way too many people fighting in our mentions. I just mute the stuff, man. Good stuff. I, I, good, I can't good call. deal with it. I like it. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Kevin Tate tweets the show. Congratulations. Now Alabama is about to bre- beat the brakes off Mississippi State. They definitely are already. Joe Chacon tweets the show. He always tweets the show. Uh, he says, Miners win. Special visitors help with the victory. Hashtag Miner Talk and sends us a selfie. Uh, good good, uh, good job there, Joe Chacon. Bryce Chauvin tweets the show. I think we're going 7-5. and five. Bull bound again. Um, nice. Okay. Joe Chacon with the follow-up. Miners win feels good, but what feels better is I got to watch this with my parents who came to visit here in the 80817. Shout out to Mario and Anjes. Brock is my OG. Hashtag Zane is the next OG. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag the coverage on ESPN was sketch. You know what that means then, right? Hmm. He's got to have him visit every week, every minor game. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I hope, get, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready to bring your parents in for each game. Uh, let's keep things moving. Ed is joining us next. Ed, what's going on? Hey, how are you, Ed? We're hanging in. We're hanging in, my man. What about you? Oh, I loved it. I I I can do without the negativity too. Give him a one way ticket to the Rock of Gibraltar. But anyhow, let's talk about some positives. 
I, I wanted to I want to go over all the positives that I have in my mind, and then you guys can talk about them. Is that fair? Let's do it. Let's do it. Go ahead. Go go. Okay, uh, we won't one. interrupt you. Go ahead. Dion Hanskins changed the game on that run. He is the man, and A. Watt and him are awesome. Okay, point one. Number two, uh, Ray Flores always, always makes plays. Number three, uh, that was a beautiful play on the two-point conversion. That was amazing. That was a beautiful throw by Gavin. Number four, Gavin showed amazing patience that he hasn't shown earlier in the year when he rolled out and hit Ray on that touchdown pass. It looked like he was going to run. He made him think he was going to run, and then at the last second, he threw the touchdown. And the other last thing that I had, love the defense, love praise, love all the guys. The rundown of the of the FAU quarterback by that number 11, is that, uh, is that Camo, number 11? Uh, no, number uh, – well, yeah, actually, number 11 is Jadrian Taylor. That's right, yes. Okay, that guy has gotten so big, and he's so fast now. He has NFL talent. Did you see the way he ran down that quarterback? I mean, that was amazing, that play where he was he sprinted towards him and he was the only guy out there. That was amazing. I love what's happening. There is so much talent on this team. A lot of people don't realize it. And I'm in love, and I will be there next Saturday night, and I hope we have a jam-packed stadium. Yeah, hey, it's going to be an interesting one to see if uh, UTEP actually can draw a bigger crowd than they did today. I expect that to be the case because obviously coming off a win, uh, coming off a little bit more excitement, uh, flirting with a bowl appearance for back-to-back years, and it being homecoming and an evening game, yeah, I think UTEP could draw a lot more than uh, 12000 and change like they did today. But, Ed, I appreciate your phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. I thought you bring, I thought you brought up some really good points. Uh, and I'm really happy you highlighted Jadrian Taylor, Ed, because what we've seen from the Lufkin, Texas product, uh, the Kilgore Junior College transfer, is uh, him really, really amping it up since the Boise State game. He came into this game leading UTEP in, in sacks. He continues to lead them in sacks Seven on the year. Just a monstrous, monstrous year from Jadrian Taylor. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm i I'm going out on a limb just saying that Jadrian Taylor has single-handedly reignited that defensive line. And I think that a lot of people uh, had stuff to say, the lack of production on the defensive front, you know, pointing fingers left and right. I, I didn't really buy that. But what I will say is that Jadrian Taylor, by making plays like this, he's really, uh, you know, flipped the script on a lot of these things. Two sacks today, three and a half tackles for loss, eight total tackles. Jadrian Taylor, just a an all-around great performance. I like his speed. I, I think Ed assessed that pretty, um, you know, spot on. Uh, his speed is his strength. I think he does get beat sometimes in the run game. You saw it a, a couple times today, but you'll take that. You'll take that any any given night um, when it comes to Jadrian Taylor because of what he can do to pressure the quarterback. Let's keep things moving on Twitter. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter right now. Christopher tweets the show. He says, this, uh, this team deserved um, the uh, crowd or the lack thereof uh, today. Esteban tweets the show. You're beating the students up because you didn't major in engineering. When I was an undergrad, I was able to attend only one game at Adrian Broadus. Um, 
<laughs> that's funny, Esteban. So you're saying like engineers have to study a lot more on the weekends, and that's <laughs> that's the reason why they're not making games. Okay, I hey, I, I get it. You got to hit the books. You got to hit the books. Look, sometimes on a Friday night, you got to let loose because you're studying so hard, so hard, and you deserve a couple of sarsaparillas. But those sarsaparillas might put you under for a day game. There's no excuse. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, let, let's uh, go to another tweet. It's Rip City Trades. I'm headed to a haunted house, but I'm listening in. I thought you'd tap. I hope you're heading to the KLQ haunted house, by the exactly. way. Exactly. Rip City Trades. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug. I thought UTEP's play calling was the scariest thing I'd see tonight. Hats off for a much better second half called game. Hashtag minor talk. Great win. Middle Tennessee won't be easy. El Paso, come out and cheer them on. Uh, let's talk about coaching real quick. Just speaking off of uh, what Rip City Trade said. First half, yes, you can you can grill UTEP at certain things. One of the most notable things, and I think a lot of callers will relate to how I was feeling at this point, but a missed opportunity, 5 minutes, 52 seconds left in the second quarter. Really a missed opportunity because UTEP had it at their own 43-yard line. They did not decide to go for it on fourth down. Um, they called two timeouts. That, I have no problem not going for it on fourth down. If you want to punt it, punt it. No problem with me. But they called two timeouts back-to-back, yeah. -back, and I didn't like how they managed that last part of the first half. Then, Florida Atlantic turns around. They score on an eight-play, 80-yard drive, which was set up by a third-and-six conversion, which ended up being a 20-yard pass play. Uh, they got a rushing touchdown out of that one and led 7-6 to six out of the half. They shouldn't have allowed that one to begin with, Sal. I felt like the timeouts, in a sense, was kind of deflating. And it wasn't necessarily mm. just the timeouts. It was coming out of a timeout and then getting the false start penalty. Yeah, like the first timeout, alright, I'm kind of like 50-50 on it. But that second timeout, it's like, didn't you find out what you wanted to do in the first one? Because it, it, when that happens, and it's happened so many times where right. out of a timeout, they look unprepared. And I get it if you call a timeout because you're unprepared, but when you call two timeouts because you're unprepared, that speaks trouble, especially when you're already over the halfway point of the season. So it's little things like that that they got to clean up on. And even in the um, in the second half, there was another uh, bad timeout called as well. So, I mean, you, yes. ha you have it to save you, I guess. But they're also used to stop time as well. And there's going to be times where clock is winding down. They need the clock to stop, and they're not going to have that ability because they used up all their timeouts because they weren't prepared in the second or the third quarter, rather. Take early a, on. Take a delay of game just once in a while. Take one. And if you're going to punt it, it's not even going to matter with that delay of game if Won't you're matter. not like at the... 10-yard line on your on your own side, you know? So so here's a, the exact drive that you alluded to, Sal. First drive out of the third quarter. I wrote down every play because I was uh, it frustrated me how the approach from UTEP. Uh, first down, incompletion. That was, the, that was uh, um, intended for Ray Flores on that one. Second down, sack uh, for Gavin Hardison, loss of nine. Third down, before third down, timeout. Then the false start, and then an incompletion, pa incomplete pass when it was like third and 22, and they threw it about six yards. So they're not getting that first down even if that pass was completed. Uh, and that was a three and out right away, first drive out of the third quarter. Those are the ones you scratch your head at, right? Like let We can all hold the coaching staff uh, accountable for those kinds kinds of things but 
You have to also, on the flip side, you have to give this coaching staff credit because they did not get too aggressive in the first half. They could have went for it on fourth down early on. If they went for it uh, on fourth down early on and they didn't get that first down, uh, they would have allowed Florida Atlantic to score on a short field. Um, no problem whatsoever for the Owls on that one. Also, I liked how UTEP did not get too panicky in this one. In similar situations this year, we've seen this team get too aggressive, get way too pass-happy, and, and abandon the run. No, they buckled down. They ran it down uh, Florida Atlantic's throat. And the way that Deion Hankins flipped the game with that 72-yard rush that was set, that set up the Gavin Hardison two-yard touchdown. That's how UTEP wins games. That's that's the that's the recipe to success for this group because when they're able to run the ball effectively, that's all you need. That's all. That's all it is right there. I was, I, you know, I agree with you, and I was very, um, I was thinking about how I was thinking in the moment. And I was very upset with a lot of play calls, but the way you said it, I'm like, you know what? They did adjust. They gave, you know, they gave Hardison a chance. Hey, go ahead, throw that thing. Oh, no, let's not do that. And they went back to the run game, and it was good. Short plays, uh, run, run the ball. Uh, it was, it, they did adjust accordingly. Yep. So, yeah, and like you said, they didn't panic. It didn't look like they were just flailing all except for that fourth, uh, that fourth and one thing. That's where it looked a little. It was all over the place. I don't know what was going on. And then the two timeouts. I'm like, why? You yeah, do, you're really just giving away what you're gonna do. So, uh, but yeah. Other than that, yeah, I agree. No panicking. Just play the game. We're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency here on Minor Talk 7 locations from the west side to Fabens. If you want to call the Oscar Adietta Agency for home, auto, life insurance, or even commercial insurance, 915-400-6000 for the Oscar Adietta Agency. Yeah, for sure. And adjustments were there. I think a lot of it, um, or the reason why they won this game, was just due to the execution when it came down to it. Uh, you know, you look at the um, at the defense, and they get three sacks. And some of those sacks came at crucial points, right? But and also, when you talk about their style of play and when they're better on offense, it's when they're running the ball. And their style of play is designed not only to, you know, get those chunks here and there, but it's designed to wear out the defense. And when the Miners mm. got the ball in the fourth quarter, they could march down the field with confidence knowing that if it's whatever in short, they can get a first by running the ball because Dion over 100 yards, Awad uh, just shy under uh, 60, you know what I mean? So those two guys were looking for a dynamic duo. I know people are waiting for that breakout game, that 100 for both or 150 plus. But, I mean, both of these guys, if we, if we want to be real, combined for almost 200 yards. But when they were put into the game, they did what they needed to do. That's exactly right, Sal. And uh, as a group, as a team today, UTEP ran the ball 41 times and uh, had 234 rushing yards to go for it. So let's keep things moving. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Uh, thanks to George for patiently waiting. He is next here on Minor Talk. George, what's going on? How what's going on? What's going on, Adrian? Hey, you made some good points right now. You know, uh, that that one fourth and one that we didn't go for, that, that we were pussyfooting around, and I just, I'm, I'm sorry for my language, but we're, we're messing around, and then we asked for a timeout, two timeouts, and then we go and we punt it off, and, you know, it just, it was a fiasco. I mean, they just should have gone for it. They just, you have Hankins. You have them. You're not deep in your own territory. So and the the least that's going to happen is you give them the ball in, in midfield, right? But you, you still give your chance or you give your team, especially your offense, the uh, the confidence to that, that, that the coaching staff believes in you. And, and they're like, they're going to, they, 
they're going to produce. I mean, especially with Hankins. I mean, I think, I don't want to say this, and I don't, I don't want to sound bad, but Hardison shouldn't be given uh, just the opportunity to, to heave that ball. I mean, I, I, I really believe strongly in the run. I think the short passing game is, is good for him. I think it works for him. Our defense folded at times, but they didn't bend. And I, I mean, you were, you were, Jadron Taylor was awesome. I mean, like I said, they dashed us for some, some running yards, but all in all, this team showed, uh, you know, resiliency when it came to adversity. I mean, especially on that, on that, uh, on, on that block, uh, field goal, that was, I mean, I, I, I just was dumbfounded. I don't, I don't know. I think really in reality, once the helmet came off, it should have been a dead ball. It should have been ruled a dead ball, and that's it. Because it wasn't really an unsportsmanlike conduct on, on the player. It's not. It was beyond his control. You know, the equipment came off because the helmet hit, hit the ball. And I was like, why are you giving him an opportunity to run? At least if it's an unsportsmanlike conduct and nothing happened, you know, tack on the penalty uh, at the kickoff, but why give him another shot at kicking the field goal? Yeah, I don't know. I, I get the I get the unsportsmanlike conduct because the way things are written in, in the NCAA rulebook, I get it. But why did they do the redo? I, I, that's exactly. that's where I'm wondering uh, on this one. So I'm I'm completely with you there, George. I'm curious to see how they explain that rule when it's all said and done. Before we let you go, George, what do you think? Does this team make a bowl game or no? Well, I mean, you know. We have to we have to see what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm 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 with you. I want to see a full uh, Sun Bowl uh, and and have everybody cheering them on to victory. But it's going to come down to the players wanting it. If they want it, they're going to go for it. And I mean, I think this team is tenacious. They're 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 gritty and and they get after it. And I mean, Hankins, what can you say about the kid? I mean, he's. I don't know why they don't give him that many, uh, that many, you know, handles of the ball. Awad is good, but Hankins is better. I mean, that that run, that run, he just electric, electrified the the stadium with that seventy-five yard run. It was, it was, it was insane. I mean, and and this kid can run. You know, they open the holes for him, and he'll do it. He'll do the job. You know. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, he he dropped the balls. Uh, but the ones that counted, he caught them. Uh, Hardison had uh, Smith down down the sideline in the third quarter, and and that could have you know easily erupted uh, the Sun Bowl. But I mean, all in all, they they showed resiliency. They showed uh, that they could uh, overcome adversity, even with that bad call. I mean, they still they came out and pulled it off. And I mean, they're they're rewarding me for investing in, in the season game tickets. That, that's just awesome. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. All right, George. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the program. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Uh, I just realized this, guys. Um, they are now tallying drop receptions on uh, stat broadcast. They never used to do this, where they actually say like how many uh, drops a receiver had. So, for example, right now you could see Kelly Arcari. He's got one drop pass for this game. No, uh, he only had uh, – yeah, actually he had three targets, but one drop reception. And they're counting uh, 
uh, Ray Flores with two. Kind of like we said, a pair. And again, people are, were saying, oh, he's having a tough game. He's, you know, all this kind of stuff. Again, I'm going to back him one more time. This is it. This is the last time I say this. But Ray Flores, still a big impact. Uh, he shrugged off those two drop passes early on, and he played great to, flow, uh, to finish this game out. And he's had some of the best catches this season. I think one of the top catches yep. all year is that very first catch of the season against North Texas, that, that dive. I don't know if you all remember that play. I remember that one. From Hardison to, to Flores. So he, he's got that ability. And a lot of these catches, they're hands catches as well. So uh, I don't know if there's a stat for hand catches aside from like, you know, it hits your chest and you're able to, to yeah. hold it in place. But he catches with his hands. So it's very rare that he gets a, that, that he drops the ball. There's a, there, there is like a, an advanced analytics stat that shows you like how many yards it takes for you to kind of go back to a ball or like um, wow. there's also even like the average expected catch based off the catch radius so those are interesting kind of like advanced analytics stats I don't know if they do that for college but I've seen it in the NFL like you'll see Jamar Chase is usually high on that list same with Justin Jefferson uh, from the Minnesota Vikings so you're dynamic your top receivers I think he would be in that mix uh, if he was you know if they actually recorded those kinds of stats uh, Mark Bruner big shout out to him sports information director out or excuse me uh, he works with their department out there at UTEP Athletics. He tw- he uh, texted into the program and let me know that the fir- this is the first walk-off field goal uh, win for the Miners since Dakota Warren hit an 18-yarder mm. as time expired in a 16-13 win against Memphis on September 25th, 2010 in the Sun Bowl. How about that one there, Sal? I was at that game. Really? Yeah, I remember it. it no a, way. A, a defensive match. Um, yeah, Dakota Warren. I still remember that. That name, and I, I was actually looking at the stats because you know that that's over ten years ago. Wow, it, it feels like not too long ago. But anyway, uh, I still remember that football team and and the potential that was there. So that was a, a win to try and propel them back into um to, to a respectable season to maybe be bowl eligible. Can't remember what the record was. They may have been like five and seven or something. Oh, yeah. I'll look it up. You know what? Was that the bowl year? That wasn't the bowl year. That was the year after the bowl year because I'm thinking Trevor Vitito, those late uh, 2000s, early 2010s. One of those teams made a you bowl game. You know what? Game. I take it back. That was the bowl year. Nice. Yeah. Okay. To uh, BYU. They they lost to BYU. Yeah. Yep. Correct. I, I remember that exactly. So, yeah, the interesting stat right there. It's been uh, been 12 years since UTEP has last uh, had a walk-off game winner uh, in a game. So that's r- real interesting right there. Thanks to Mark for texting into the show. Hey, uh, we've, we're long overdue for, for a break. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll answer a bunch of phones. We've got Augustine hanging. We've got more from Joe. Chacon. We've got Rip City Trades chiming in. UTEP Zay chiming in with a with a little bit of a rule book, um, you know, analysis that he pulled from a website or, or something, a screenshot that he sent over to us. We'll read that. We'll we'll uh, continue to take your calls at 915-505-6009 as Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. More Minor Talk after this, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. I'm I'm joined by Jason Craig, Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis, and all three of us bring you Minor Talk after every UTEP football game, after every basketball game. Basketball's right around the corner, Sal. You ready? 
Bring it on. What is the first game? The 7th, right? Yeah, the 7th of uh, November. Are we going to air any uh, like other scrimmages or anything like that, or that's the first broadcast? So, great question. So, today there was a, a uh, close scrimmage. Um, we don't know the results yet. They played Tarleton State in Odessa. Uh, we'll find out probably through the grapevine and how this one went. Uh, then we will also find out how next week's close scrimmage goes against mm-hmm. Texas Tech over there in Lubbock. Um, we will not air any kind of pregame or, I mean, I'm sorry, or any like preseason exhibition games, anything like that. That. So uh, November 7th, that's the first time people will hear about uh, UTEP men's basketball here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it should be an interesting season. I know that there's a lot of uh, speculation who's going to be the go-to guy, who's going to be their main guy down low. So it's all going to depend. We don't know, but kind of just uh, what, what I've been observing is it looks like Shamar Givens is probably going to be that guy for, for this Miami Oh, yeah. Team. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah. baller. Yeah, I like I like what I've seen from him so far. I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing a lot of UTEP basketball stuff this week, so just pay attention. Six hundred ESPNLPasa.com. You can check that out. But we're like we're excited. Jason, you're back in action for UTEP basketball too. Yeah, they put me in the seat, man. I'm ready to go. Uh, I might miss the first game. Well, I have to do women's too, right? So uh, I think I'm gonna miss the first couple games or whatever. Um, I got things going on, but yeah, right after that. Are you going to be there for New Mexico State, the first uh, yes, home game? of course. Okay, well, that's really all that matters, right? I mean, hey, if you miss uh, the other couple games, Look, it's okay. if you guys, you got to go to the, you got to go to that game, right? Right, right. And, and I'm going to get that the Don rocking. Okay, like, we're Saturday, November 12th. Super loud. Okay, I'm taking Jason Craig over Kodak Black and Walk a Flock of Flame. Yeah, that's night. the same day? Yeah. Oh, I know. Wow. I know. I'll just play it there. It's fine. I'll invite them. Okay. Waka, Ooh. Waka has my jacket. I, I think need you it told back. me this story. I yeah, need it that's back. Right. <laughs> Big I, fan of Waka Flocka. By the way, I just want to say that was nice of you. I went to go see you DJ the other day, and uh, Pitbull was there. So that was kind of you to, to invite him. He was? Yeah. Oh, man, I missed it. I didn't know he was there. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Everybody was just like, oh, let's go, Jason. And then you heard Dale in the back. And like, oh, shoot, we know who that guy is. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of going hard in the paint, let's go to Augustine next on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. As we continue here on Minor Talk, UTEP defeats Florida Atlantic 24-21. Augustine, <laughs> what's going on? Good evening. Uh, good evening. Uh, good evening, Adrian. Good evening, Sal. And uh, I, I forgot the other gentleman. Jason. His name is Jason Craig, and he's the official DJ of UTEP football and UTEP basketball. Jason, I'm sorry I forgot, but um, just I'm sorry. But, you know, you know, I'm calling because of two reasons, Sal. One is, you know, everybody you're saying that it's not good for the minors to be overly aggressive. And, you know, I completely disagree with that. It's just you know, they have to be aggressive, especially on the offense. And, and I understand everybody loves the run, and we have, you know, UTEP has two good, very good running backs and everything. But the thing is that at the end of the day, the coaching staff needs to be needs to have controlled aggression with this team because one thing, and we discussed this a little bit earlier, they're not using the tight ends at all. You got two, I mean, I, 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 I dare to say Two amazing talents at tight end at, at UTEP, and they're not being used at all. And then I understand Hankins and Awad being able to run the ball, but, you know, throw them a screen once in a while, you know, get them out in a flare, get players in positions where they can succeed, not not be so predictable. This this coaching staff, you know, everybody's saying it's a great win of this, but it's FAU. 
I mean, it's, yeah, it's, but... it's, 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 it's one of those universities that UTEP has to win. I mean, UTEP has the talent. They have, they have the horses to be more competitive. It's just a, this coaching staff really has no idea what the heck they're doing. The, the and that's thing, just a reality that, the that, thing that, about that this, nobody though, wants to. The thing about it, Augustine, is that when it comes to it, you say it all the time, is that they never even win games that they're not supposed to, so then they finally do. And this is a step. I mean, we, we don't know what this win holds, right? Yeah, this is a win that they normally drop, and they should win these games. You're absolutely right. But when they finally do, that's one piece of the puzzle uh, to a whole picture for this season. And then as far as being overly aggressive, I don't like them being overly aggressive. I like them being aggressive, but when you're just doing it just for the sake of, oh, I got to go for it because you're putting yourself in these kinds of situations, how much of it is really aggression and how much of it is due to them just not gaining enough yards in the first place so when the points are going to be there and this guy is the number one uh, leader now when field goals you got to take those points and when it came down to it he was three for three his 15th straight field goal we're looking for some form of consistency and although it's coming from the special teams that's what helped them win the game today you know what I I just want to chime in on this too because I feel like uh, the biggest argument we had in the New Mexico game was UTEP went went too aggressive early on they went for it on fourth down they were trying to force things and then Hardison has a pick six in that one uh, and, and they're down 10 nothing early that, on that's six the minutes aggr- in that. That's the aggressiveness that yes. we don't like, right? It's the let me try and force it or uh, you know, been running the same spot all game and it's basically you know, meet me at the line and that's cool but when it's third and six fourth and five that's when it's not cool yeah I think that people don't necessarily like like the overall consensus they're watching Alabama play on you know on national television they're watching Texas they're watching uh, some of the big dogs in college football and they're like well why doesn't UTEP spread the ball and go air raid offense and throw the ball all the way you know all over the field and that's kind of that exciting brand I guess the new age exciting brand of football but I think they're if you're a UTEP fan I think you kind of find beauty in the like slowing the game down the pace and the rushing attack when the rushing game is is good who can complain and the rushing game was on today it's because it, when it works that's when everybody's happy right, right. Now, now if if hardison was a guy who's you know um high 60s low 70s in the completion percentage and that uh that ratio between touchdowns to interceptions is a lot heavier on the touchdown side all right then keep on doing that because it's what's working but when it's not and you're trying to force these things that's when the game gets out of control and we we hear people call in they got to change this they got to change that well the prettiest method of success right now is probably the ugliest and that's just keeping it simple. No, that's a that's a really good point, Sal. And even you know, I go I go back to uh, another game where I thought they were being way too aggressive uh, in in a recent loss, Louisiana Tech, forty one thirty one. That was that that loss that they had. I thought early on, again, UTEP was too aggressive. They they were down twenty to three at the end of the first uh, quarter, including uh, there there was um, you know different plays that flipped that one. There was an early interception that led to a touchdown for Louisiana Tech. Again, they were up twenty to three at the end of the first quarter. So um, I can't go out here and be hypocritical and say, I want this team to be smart in situations early on, commit to the run, don't abandon the run. Um, you know, So early on. So, yeah. so early on into the game. And, and be more efficient in what you do. And, and today they did not panic. They did not get way too aggressive. They settled into what worked for them, and that's long, sustaining drives that end up in touchdowns. So, uh, Augustine, you were on a good roll. Um, you know, I'm not going to knock you too bad. I, I'm still going to grade your phone call. I think... 
think that your Minor Talk Twitter spaces was about like a 6 out of 10 if I had to give a, a rating. And then this one, it's about 5 out of 10. I'll, I'll be nice. We'll, we'll just give you kind of a pass there. I think it was a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's so, my man. <laughs> I like that one. Our telephone number as we continue, 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009. UTEP Zay tweets the program. Still very confused about the block extra point, but this is something that I found. He said, uh, this is what he screenshotted, all fouls committed after a change of possession will result in a distance penalty being assessed on the ensuing kickoff, provided the penalty does not negate a successful try. The penalty did not negate a successful try. That's that's for sure. And it's so weird because the wording is everything, right? So if if we're going by that, then technically – possession changed when the ball was picked up. Right. But the penalty happened before the possession change. Yep. There. So it's like, I, I have no idea. Long story short, it should have just been 21-20. Again, <laughs> That's I, what I, I get I'm going to maintain that I'm just ready to see what they end up saying. The rules committee, I want to see what they say. Um, this one coming in from Crystal. They called it wrong. Period. Foul happened after the block, not beforehand. If it was the real call, they should have had a first and goal because it was a 10-yard penalty. Secondly, he didn't participate in any of the play. Therefore, there should be no infraction. Well, I think the argument, Crystal, is that he was like kind of in the if you want there's one angle specifically that ESPN Plus had where you can clearly see a praise Amehule like charging at the ball, and then he kind of realized he rushes, he runs like uh, five to seven yards he realizes right away and he throws his hands up and then he gets out of the play but when he starts to get out of the play there are a couple players who kind of stop and you only you have to watch the video to kind of understand what happened there and also too it couldn't be a first and goal because the touchdown was already there so i I mean if if it's first and goal then in theory they got that first and goal by retrying the kick Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's you that's a good I mean? way to clean yeah. that up. Yeah, that's a good way to clean that up. I got a, another good stat from Mark Bruner, our, our good pal. Uh, he said, and UTEP Zay will like this one. I, I know you guys will too. Uh, prior to tonight's win, UTEP had lost 59 straight games when they were trailing by at least seven points at any point in the fourth quarter. The Miners had last done so, get this, at New Mexico State in their come from behind 50 to 47 win September 19th 2015 it was the Ryan Metz touchdown pass to, to none other than Cedric Lang bang dang man I wasn't at that game no me neither but I rem- <laughs> well, I remember it very well I was at the prospector at the time yeah, yeah I remember it very well I, I think I uh, I think I listened to all that uh, for voice of the minor John Teicher um, Cesar Esparza tweets the show I'm happy now but still ticked off uh, I think a lot of people had a lot of adrenaline running through them after this game. Uh, Joe Chacon tweets us back. I love this one. My mom's mad. You said her name way wrong. Agnes. She's mad, and she's a Packer fan, so you know where she's coming from. They will be here for next week's game, so we'll need the luck. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag cowboy fan here. Hashtag my dad is a cowboy fan, too. My apologies to Agnes. Uh, how could I? How could I, Joe Chacon? What'd you call her? I don't. Remember. I don't even know. I got. <laughs> we got to listen. We'll run the tape back. We'll we'll hear it back on the on the replay. 
play. <laughs> I have no clue, but Joe Chacon, hilarious as always. Uh, this coming in from Ivan. This is the catch from Ray Flores from North Texas. Catch of the year so far, and also that walk-off by Dakota Warren is in the Sun Bowl concourse. It's one of those big images, and he was carried off too. That's right, Gavin Beckley, after hitting the game winner, he was carried off for uh, mm-hmm. breaking the record, the all-time record set by Reagan Schneider. 50 field goals, he broke it today with 51. Uh, that's all That's all you need to hear right there. You know uh, what? Go ahead, go ahead. That was a magical moment, man. It was so cool to just watch that and be there and just like – and you know what? The crowd didn't really realize what was happening at the time. And I had to really? think about it. No, because I had to think about it myself. I'm like, okay, we're about to kick this field goal and wait, wait a minute. <laughs> you th- and then he hit He's you, about like, to break the record too? Oh, this is about to go off. Yeah. It, it went good, man. And then production was doing a whole bunch of stuff. There were so many things happening in production – uh, as this was, you know, as the game was going on, because he had broke the record, so they had to like change some things to announce that he broke the record, and then or to tie the record, and then when they broke the record, they had to do a whole bunch of other things as well to announce that. You know, what I mean, there was a bunch of extra things that were getting put in. So I got to give it up to a uh, YouTube production for putting that together and getting that done because that was really cool. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, and and the fact that they capitalized on that and and understood that this was uh, happening as far as historical record goes, uh, Gavin Beckley knew, but I don't think a lot of people in the stands knew. Yeah, Beckley knew, and and um, on the post game interview, um, he had alerted some people like before the game, hey, there's a possibility I I could get it. Or something along the lines of that. So sure. having people be ready to get the ball and save it. But what I'm kind of uh, getting to, though, is that he was aware of it this whole time. So he knew it in the back of his mind while he was going out there for the field goal. And I know he said, hey, extra points, regular field goals, doesn't matter. The objective is to make them. But for him to have that there, it's like, hey, you have a chance to seal the game with some free throws. But you're also going to break the free throw record. Right. <laughs> I got a question. If... The UTEP fan base would have known that was like happening throughout the season. Do you think that maybe they would have showed up for more games just to be a part of the history? I think we had talked about this. We were kind of predicting which game it would happen on. And I yeah. think that's that's kind of uh, – I, I think that's indicative of probably how people looked at it. Like, hey, maybe he does it this game. But it's hard. I mean, three field goals in a single game, that's tough. You, yeah. you maybe thought, hey, he could tie a game, but and, three in a game? And to kind of bring it back to a phone call from earlier with Augustine, we probably would have seen this record be broken if they weren't so aggressive or overly aggressive, right? Sure. It, but but in a way, it kind of panned out because he got it done at home. But uh, another thing, though, um, they asked Coach Dimmel about it, and uh, he's like, "Wow, I, I had no idea. Seriously, that's that's pretty great, huh?" Wow, so he, he had, didn't even know about it. He didn't it. even know about it. Yeah, that's interesting, right there. That's good stuff. Um, I want to bring up another stat. I think you guys would like this one. Um, Gavin Hardison. Oh, actually, you'll like this one a lot, Jason, because you talked about this when Gavin Hardison threw passes for 15 yards and under. He was 14 of 18, 139 passing yards. Just a really outstanding number right there when you're talking about him throwing passes 15 yards and under. Now when he's throwing for over 15 yards, 2 of 8, 39 yards. What did I say? That he he got to be under 15. I say under 10 just to keep it tight. But under 15, let, let it fly. What, right your, there. Your thoughts. And now. you're more direct. Like, 
He's on it. I can see it. But when he throws over 15, it's just I can see the float. Like, if I can see it, then the defense can see it. And it's just a floating thing. It's not so uh, precise. Yeah, it's like exactly. a rocket or anything. Yeah. And I, I like it better because it's more efficient this way. But also, the chains are moving. And you're keeping that defense tired as well. you got to take all the yards you can get. And we see them kind of do it in, in little spurts. A lot more successful than... Uh, deep bomb after deep bomb. It's it's kind of like desperation mode. You don't need to be in desperation mode in the second quarter. No, no you know doubt. I mean? So uh, I do like it because it's a lot more consistency that you could build on. That's all that fans are asking for, a form of consistency. If they can do this, then they'll have an offensive identity more than just being a run team. Hey, it sounds like we're winding things down here on Minor Talk. Appreciate everybody tuning in so far. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to start wrapping things up. We're going to wind things down. We're going to look ahead to next week as the Miners take on Middle Tennessee for their homecoming matchup. If you'd like to duck in a late call, now is the time to do so. Our telephone number, 915 505-6009. We'll bring in all our awards next up here on the show. We'll bring our Heineken player of the game. Not hard to guess who that's going to be. We'll bring our our uh, play of the game brought to you by Specs. It's also pretty easy to kind of guess which one that one will be. And then we'll bring you our Oscar Arietta Agency drive of the game. All the awards coming up here on Minor Talk as we continue. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. They've got seven locations in El Paso. They've got a west side location. And they go all the way out to Fabens. You could check out the nearest location to you. Just go to OscarArietaAgency.com and check them out for all your insurance needs. I seriously use them for my insurance. I bundled home and my auto insurance, and they helped me save. It's Oscar ID at the agency. Check them out. Oscar ID at the agency.com. We'll take a timeout right here. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here on Minor Talk. UTEP defeats Florida Atlantic 24-21 off a walk-off field goal by Gavin Beckley. More in a moment right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back here to Minor Talk as we continue here. Jason Craig, Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bratis. We're presented by the Oscar ID at the agency. Let's continue here on Minor Talk. We can uh, continue with your phone calls as well. All you have to do is give us a call, 915-505-6009. We'll uh, answer your call. We'll put you on here with us, and we can talk some UTEP football here on the show as we continue. Another tweet to get to, Don Guapo. Gosh, I love that. I love that Twitter name. Uh, it's Mr. E. He just trained, changed his Twitter handle. Don Wapo is now his new one. Great win. I like UTEP winning three more games. Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlant- uh, Florida International, excuse me, and pulling a shocker in San Antonio. Hashtag minor strong. Let's go bowling. That's what Don Wapo says uh, on Twitter. What do you think about that, Sal? Three more wins. Uh, Jason said it. He thinks that they are they're going to go seven and five. Can you if they go seven and five? Are you going to be um, really shocked, or do you think that, that that's uh, attainable? It's attainable. I wouldn't say I'd be shocked if they do it. I'm just looking at um, who they have down the road, and those teams have some meaningful games to play as well. Middle Tennessee had a big win against Miami earlier this year, and it's been a little bit disappointing for them since that right that's likely going to be the high of their season and I get it it's their first ever win over a ranked opponent that definitely has to be your your high on a season but that shouldn't be the only good thing that happens to you so they know that they're better than what their record looks like they want to you know get back into the mix of things I do have the Miners winning that game but still though they're going they're going to be up against teams who have something to prove I mean UTSA they got the big win against um, North Texas today the 
the conference is basically going to run through San Antonio, but they had a disappointing finish last year to the season, losing to North Texas and losing their bowl game. So they're going to want to finish things off with a bang. Uh, and Rice isn't the easiest opponent either. You, you know what I mean? So I agree. A lot of these games, yeah, there's teams that historically are not that impressive, but you can say the same about the Miners. However, it all comes down to can they get it done? And six and six for your last, um, uh, you know, six and six finish when you're going into your last five games on a three and four record, and you get one of them. This is going to be huge. So I really think that um, they got some tests ahead of them, but they're heading there as long as they can build win after win. You know, it's an interesting point that you bring up, Sal, because if they actually enter that game, uh, now that I'm thinking, now that you brought that up, and I'm kind of just thinking in my head, if they entered UTSA six and five, which is likely, you know. I mean, uh, I don't even want to say likely. I, I, I think that's a wrong r- word to use, but it, it's attainable. Possible, yeah. I, yeah, it's attainable right there for UTEP. If they get to 6-5 and five going into UTSA, they play that game with nothing to lose, and maybe they pull one out in, in San Antonio. Uh, but th- then again, on the flip side, you wonder what the motivation will be like from the, the Roadrunners, who right now are 4-0 in Conference USA. They want to get to another uh, Conference USA championship game to show what they can do and uh, maybe make their case and, and build, boost their resume to try to, I don't know, make a New Year's six bull as a group of five team I mean I'm just kind of throwing it out there but 11 and two you're telling me UTSA can't make at least a at-large bid at some of these better bowl games possibly maybe you never know um, let's run down the co- conference USA scoreboard real quick uh, just some interesting scores that we're seeing across the board you mentioned rice they're not a bad team whatsoever Sal uh, rice won today against Louisiana Tech 42 41 in overtime yep. in overtime and Louisiana Tech went for it uh, two-point conversion to win the game Game, and Rice held on in the end. Uh, didn't like that call, but I did like what I saw from Luke McCaffrey, who is now the, the star wide receiver for Rice. Ten catches, 171 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, that's why they brought him in. That's why Mike Bloomgren brought somebody like that. He, it didn't work out at quarterback, but now it looks like it's working out at the wide receiver spot for him. Uh, very surprised that Florida International is 3-4. and four. What about that, guys? I mean, Florida International skunking Charlotte the way that they did today. Uh, I think they were up 34 nothing. Charlotte scored 15 points in the fourth quarter to make it look at least a little bit more respectable. 34-15 is how this one finished. Uh, but, yeah, James over there, FIU's quarterback, 306 passing yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, watch out for Florida International. I'm not saying that they're going to shock mm-hmm. anybody, but I'm, I am telling you this, uh, knowing that they're going to stick around in Conference USA, knowing that they've got a new coaching regime out there, it's probably good for uh, Conference USA knowing that they're – trying to rebuild and retool as best they can. Yeah, and around the board, right, I think teams with um, that are staying in Conference USA, knowing that some of their rivals bolted to either the American or the Sun Belt, it's kind of like, hey, the, the playground is free. The bully isn't around anymore. Right. They're, they want to claim this conference. But as we look at the final four games, Adrian, none of the teams on their schedule, and I'm going to say it this way, but none of their teams on the remainder of their schedule lost today. Mm. And Middle Tennessee is the only team that didn't play, but everybody's at the very worst three and four. So that still means that there's a chance for them to do something special in their final four or five games on the season. Yeah, good point there, Sal. Uh, I like I like that you brought that one up right there. Um, also, just want to mention UTSA North Texas. What a barn burner that was, thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, it doesn't sound like a real high-scoring game, but talk about the fourth quarter mm. alone. Uh, what we saw in that fourth quarter, thirty-five points combined. 
behind UTSA scoring on a 10-yard touchdown pass from uh, Frank Harris to wide receiver Clark. Um, it was a 10-yard touchdown pass with just 15 seconds left. Did you get a chance to watch any of this one, Sal? Yeah, I, w- I was watching it back here, and it was basically uh, North Texas up all game. But when I say up, it was still within reach. And UTSA finally able to, to get the lead in the third quarter. And then at that point, it was just back and forth. So going into the third or, or the yeah the third quarter, it was 6-3 North Texas. Then it was 10-6 after a touchdown for UTSA. Then it's a UNT touchdown. UTNT takes the lead. And then it's basically just trading touchdowns all second half. And um, how about this? Three touchdowns in the final two and a half minutes uh, total. So U- UTSA takes the lead with two and a half left. Austin Ani leads the way to Isaiah Johnson for a touchdown with one minute and 38 seconds left. And you think that's it. You it, think it's over. You think that's it. But time and time again, if we got to talk about clutch players, how about Frank Harris and yep. UTSA? This guy does it. And, and I know that there's been games that the Roadrunners have lost near the end. But when it comes down to tying it or sending it to overtime, Frank Harris is very, very successful. And that UTSA program, um, it's it's amazing these last couple of years. So what uh, what they're doing over there with Coach Trailer and company, you got to respect it. And they've earned that AAC um, you know invite. Oh, I agree with you, Sal. And uh, real tough news if you're a UTSA fan. Rashad Wisdom, uh, their standout defensive back, he uh, acknowledged on social media that he is out for the year. He's getting surgery on oh, his shoulder, man. and he'll be out. Uh, he's gonna he's going to apply for a medical red shirt. And, uh, yeah, it's tough for Shad Wisdom. Uh, one of the standouts for UTSA's defensive backfield. Uh, I, I'm, that's a tough, tough break for him. I, I wish him nothing but the best and speedy recovery. Uh, let's scout Middle Tennessee. This is UTEP's next opponent. Next week, three and four right now overall. Uh, they have that big win against Miami, 45-31, the shocking victory against them. But other than that, no, no real win to hang their hats on. Uh, Colorado State, we know what kind of program they are. They're they're struggling. They're basically kind of uh, you know retooling their own program right now. Colorado State on the season, uh, as at least as of right now, two and five uh, in the Mountain West, and uh, you know Middle Tennessee beats them 34-19. That's probably your other quality win outside of Miami. Tennessee State, they killed them 49-6. Other than that, now you're talking about three losses in a row in Conference USA. But maybe that's a little misleading because it's against the Conference USA juggernauts. They lost to UTSA 45-30. They lost to UAB 41-14. So they got killed against the Blazers. And then they uh, lost against uh, Western Kentucky 35-17. So we really don't know much about this Middle Tennessee team. We know that they shocked uh, Miami earlier this year. We know that they like their quarterback, Chase Cunningham, who has mm-hmm. 1,792 passing yards right now. They are 55th in the country for passing offense, so that's something to note right there. Uh, they have a strong defense. They only allow 31 points a game, tied for 25th in the country. Uh, and then when you talk about how many points that they actually put on, they're not, they are not. They don't have that uh, much of a high-powered offense right now. In fact, they're averaging 28 points a game game that's tied for worst 
in the country right there, Sal. So uh, you get kind yeah. of the best and the worst from uh, Middle Tennessee on both ends of uh, both ends. You get a, a stifling defense at times, but then then again, you get a, a program right now who needs to generate a little bit more offense and, and specifically more points. But yeah. haven't we heard that before? Yeah, we, we we hear it all the time, right? Because hearing what you're you're mentioning about them kind of sounds familiar, from right? What we've heard here on Minor Talk. Uh, but realistically, though, for this Middle Tennessee team and their final five games. If I can be honest, I think their floor is a three and two finish, which would still pit them at six and six overall. Because Good point. all of their games, um, aside from UTEP, right, where when we look at the records now overall, I guess UTEP's in the top five for Conference USA. But all of their games are the remaining one, two, three, um, four out of those um, five bottom teams, and them being you know one of the five bottom teams there. But they have uh, Louisiana Tech, who's uh, third. I guess, uh, or third last, Charlotte, who's very last, and then FAU and uh, FIU, who are still in that mix to try and make some things happen. So either way, they definitely have a chance to turn things around, and UTEP is at the very, very front of that uh, of that test for them. So can the Miners continue, um, you know, this big win over um, Florida Atlantic and take on a Middle Tennessee team and beat them to, to solidify something on their end? Because both teams, even though the records may be different, they're only one game apart from each other and both teams are far from where they want to be. Yeah, that's a really good point, Sal. I feel like uh, this this game could also decide who might end up in, in a bowl game when it's all said and done when, when the year's over and the loser might have a tougher time climbing out of it and, and reaching a bowl game when it's all said and done. That's going to be the, the the way that the feel for each game is to right. close out the season. You know, sure. so is, this is just part one of a of a big docu series, I guess, called <laughs> Utah Football. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and they've got four parts coming up right here yep. in their four final games. Jason, if I had to give you an over-under on attendance for next week, knowing all the things going on Halloween weekend, maybe some people like to do stuff on Saturday. Maybe they don't. Maybe maybe there's not much going on across the city of El Paso. I know the Spooky Moon Music Festival is happening next weekend, but other than that, not much uh, happening in, in El Paso, at least in my eyes, although you're more plugged in in the entertainment l- nightlife than I am. Um, your thoughts, over 17,000 or under 17,000? Under. Easily under. 17,000 is under. Wow. We, we might get, we might hit 13. For homecoming. On a, on, for, home, for homecoming. On Halloween weekend Halloween in weekend. an evening. Why? why? Yes. Uh, well, it's Halloween weekend, and that's like the night. You know, like that's the party night for sure. Because Halloween's on a Monday. Um, it's just, with like you said, spooky moon. We have a tailgate going on. Um, like there's a whole bunch of other things going on that day. Uh, that's the last hurrah for families to go to the the corn mazes and stuff like that. You know, good point. So it's just like oh, it's the last time for everybody just to get that Halloween thing done. Plus, if you're gonna go out and and party and stuff like that, football is not on your mind. You got to get dressed and all that stuff. So um, it, it's, it'll be real hard to get them to go, but. Um, under 17 for sure. Wow, that's that's staggering right there. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, kind of like what Jose called in and, and talked about earlier, fans might not necessarily be there. They might have other obligations, but they'll still kind of check in, whether they're yeah. watching on their phone or they're listening to us on our 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Uh, that's that's ways that people listen in and, and still keep tabs on what's going on with UTEP football. People consume sports so much differently now than than you know we used to. Uh, Ed McDonald's with, with a series of tweets. I always forget 
at this guy, talking about fullback James Tupo, and he's a hero every game. He has one big play, one big catch, and he's awesome. And don't forget, UTEP has another by attendance, 25,500. Uh, that's what Ed McDonald says as far as his thoughts for next week. Uh, Ed, Ed, I'm glad that you brought up fullback James Tupo. We've uh, we've proclaimed him as kind of one of the guys when UTEP needs really some help offensively, and he always seems to give them uh, a lot of steam on both ends. Hey, let's get to our uh, awards. We've done a, a pretty good job kind of previewing next week. Now let's uh, do some awards and we'll wind things down. If you'd like to duck in one last call, we could take it. 915-505-6009. But other than that, let's get over to our awards. First off, our Oscar Arieta Agency Drive of the Game. This is presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, of course, with seven locations in El Paso. You can trust them for home, auto, life, and commercial insurance. And uh, check them out, OscarArietaAgency.com, if you want to learn more. Uh, for the Drive of the Game, I think it's pretty easy, guys. I don't know about what you think. Um, it's the quick three-play, 78-yard drive that the Miners had that was sparked by the 72-yard rush from Deion Hankins. Now, remember, this is coming off the interception for a touchdown that Gavin Hardison threw in the third quarter. Miners respond offensively with this huge play that they got from Deion Hankins, and it, ca- and it was capped off by a two-yard rushing touchdown by Gavin Hardison. And the give to Hankins, right side, hole, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, he's at the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, Hankins is tripped up inside the 10-yard line. What a run. What a run there by Dion Hankins, and that capped off our Oscar Arrieta Agency drive of the game. Now let's head over to our next one. This is our Specs play of the game. Oh, man, is it is this one even up for debate? This is easy to come up with right here. It's no doubt about it. Let's just get to it. It's the game winner. Both lines are set. Ramos calls for it. It's back. Kick is on its way. Easiest award that we've ever have, had to give here on Minor Talk. The play of the game brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods is the uh, 27-yard game winner from Gavin Beckley to put the Miners up 24-21 to win them uh, win them the game. Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods has been a Texas family-owned destination for selection and saving since 1962. Specs is your one-stop shop with literally thousands of wines, spirits, and beers at everyday lower prices. If you're consider if you're looking to step up your cocktail game or if you want to get info on seasonal releases, all you have to do is just go to specsonline.com. You can also check out the nearest specs to you. I was uh, I was about to head over to Specs El Paso right next to UTEP 2525 North Mesa after this one to stock up for tomorrow. Got a lot of NFL going on, got a lot of Major League Baseball playoffs going on. Uh, perfect time to stock up at Specs and special thanks to them for bringing us the play of the game. Now for player of the game this one's even easier. Uh, Gavin Beckley getting the player of the game uh, brought to you by Heineken, the Heineken player of the game. Now, Gavin Hardison, uh, excuse me, Gavin Beckley in this game made three field goals to eclipse Reagan Schneider as the UTEP all-time career record holder for field goals made. He now has 51 on the year. He could just continue to build on that. Isn't that cool? Sal, he gets to continue to build on his record. And when it's all said and done, what do you think? 60? What do you think, Jason? Maybe 60? Uh, 65. Where's the Where's the final number going at? I'm going 65. I like the 65. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 61. 
Okay. And and, and also too, um, not, not only add to his record, but these are meaningful games, so they may actually need him out there. You know, for for meaningful points instead of just trying to uh, stat pad or whatever. Like Absolutely. they're they're actually going to need those kicks. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Actually, they, they definitely will. And he's so consistent, 15 in a mm-hmm. row. First time since uh, Jose Martinez, um, one of the other great UTEP kickers of all time, since he did it. So that's a, a really good thing to note. Uh, we're winding things down here on Minor Talk. Guys, I'll send it to both of you. Jason, first to you. Final thoughts as UTEP now improves to 4-4 four and four on the year, 500 on the season, 2-2 two and two in Conference USA play, and they have Middle Tennessee next week. What are your thoughts? We're going 5-4, baby. 5-4. That's where we're going on on next oh, Saturday. Okay, so so you're using the we now. Okay, okay, I got you. I'm, I mean, I'm part of them, right? Yeah, you're part of them. I'm you're there. the official. You're official DJ. For if UTEP. we if we win like the conference, like, do I get a ring? You should. Yeah. Oh, come on. You should. Oh, that'd be so tight. You, they, they better. In fact, I'm going to throw that petition right now. And, and same for Sal, because he's like literally the game. I have zero affiliation, so I'm out of the mix. But you, you two, you you Oh, yeah, it. you get a ring. Yeah. You, you, you only do the reporting, and we're part of the prospector. No big deal. And have a UTEP grad. <laughs> oh, but you're, you're not part of UTEP, though. Uh, Sal, send it to you. Your thoughts. Uh, you know what? It's it's a big opportunity as well. I think if, they, if they're going to win, it has to be in that 20-something or 20-something range of a final score. It can't be a shootout. I know that Middle Tennessee isn't the most consistent, but they have extreme, extreme big playability. We've seen UTEP, uh, the secondary struggle with the deep ball, and it was basically a highlight reel for Middle Tennessee against Miami. So uh, they're definitely going to have to clean some things up. But if that defensive front can get pressure and close the deal with sacks and, and, def- and uh, you know, quick deflections, that can change the course of the game. It's just, do we trust this team enough to, um, to reel off two must-wins in basically what is must-win territory, you know, from the middle of October all the way up to the very last game. It's crazy to think that this season still has a lot left in it. It's really crazy. It, it, it could be all the way up here or it can be all the way down there. We could be talking about football in December. We could be talking about the season close at the end of November. That's hey, just how it is. Nice song. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's wrapping us up here on Minor Talk. Special thanks to everybody who called in. Special thanks to everybody who's been giving us a lot of love here the past couple of weeks. Uh, really appreciate the feedback we've received on our podcast channel. Check out everything we've got on demand. 600 ESPN El Paso podcast wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Just search Minor Talk and uh, you can download, listen, subscribe, like it, and leave a review. It really helps us. We would really appreciate that. But we're winding things down. UTEP defeats Florida Atlanta. Atlantic 24-21. For Sal Montes, for Jason Craig, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long and thanks for listening to Minor Talk presented by the Oscar Adieta Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Have a great night, everybody.